above me and the concrete floor below. Scratch at the chain links, maybe bare my teeth for show. Fed twice a day, I don't go hungry anymore. Feel in my bones just what the future has in store. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast She Met Online, the only podcast dedicated to the Lifetime movies (laughs) we love to hate. (laughs) I am Laura Franzizi, and today I am joined by Genevieve Villegas. Hi, everyone. And you are the proprietor of... Uh, Pirate Happy Hour. Yeah, piratehappyhour.com. I make skeleton and skull-themed clothing and accessories, mostly because that's what I like to wear, but... Maybe other people like to wear it, too. Rad. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you came here today. (laughs) You were behind my idea for this podcast from the get-go. Oh. (laughs) And having you here today is just... It was an experience. It was it was definitely an experience. I will I will join you in that commitment. (laughs) So today we watched Deadly Honeymoon. Honeymoon. And for those playing along at home, Deadly Honeymoon had a pretty stellar B-list cast. Oh, yeah. And if you had to summarize just in two sentences what this movie was. Oh, like summarize the plot of Deadly Honeymoon in two sentences. Married couple goes on a cruise for their honeymoon. Yep. Hard stop. One of them dies. Yeah. Other hard stop. Like, that's my two-sentence description. I feel like that is exactly <laughs> what it was. It really was. Uh, the, this, the, the theme was Till Death Do Us Part. That was, like, the sub. And that happened really early. <laughs> like, that was a really early part of the movie was, like, death. He, yeah. He died. So he died. She did not die. Spoilers. All right, so this story followed Trevor and Lindsay Forrest. Yeah. Newlyweds. Lindsay was played by Summer Glau of Firefly and Dollhouse fame with her weirdo feet. Yeah, and we they did. did. Get, we got to see her weirdo feet. We saw her feet. Yeah, just one of them. Yep. And then it was like sucked back under the blanket like yeah. a little alien. It, but that it happened later. It didn't pick anything up, though, as I had no. hoped. It could have, though. It's pretty prehensile. So, the movie opens, we're just going to pick apart everything. I'm a pretty solid critic. I mean, there is... a lot to critique. Alright, so the, the, di- the writing is bad. The sets were bad. Um, I'm pretty sure that, I think that they actually might have just, like, used someone for that very first scene where they're in the wedding. Mm-hmm. I think that they might have just, like hopped on to somebody else's wedding set and we're just like, hey, can we pay you 500 bucks to use this set for like two hours today and like filmed a bunch of it there. Maybe they even paid some of their waiters and waitresses. Yep. That feels like what they might have done. Yeah. The unaccredited actor in this movie was misogyny. Oh, but yeah, like why didn't that have top billing? Because it was just rampant throughout. Yeah, and just so much. Wow. So much rape and victim. Casual, like, like casual, like peppered in rape. Just like, why not? Because Lifetime. So yeah. we should definitely have some rape in there, maybe. Like, Lifetime movies. 
there's probably a little bit of rape. rape. Just like Salt Bay rape in there. This movie isn't dramatic enough. <laughs> How about we plot twist them with some rabies? Oh, man. Did you get your rabies shot? Uh, oh. No, I'm an yeah, anti-vaxxer. You did, you did there. You, you went there. All right. You did. You did. <laughs> I liked the mockumentary style of the opening. Like, that the was super anchor. low. The super lo-fi. Yeah, yeah. Like the... Channel 6 News. Mm-hmm. Here's what's happening. And then we flashed back all the way. And then we had flashbacks within the flashback. We did. I, I didn't, didn't really think actually, about that. Yeah, no, not until just now. Like, we had flashbacks within that flashback of the news anchor. Was it all in the news anchor's head? We'll never know. We'll never know. Was the news anchor Tony Soprano? Man. <laughs> the first line that I had to write down happened probably at the one minute mark. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was Lindsay's dad saying... Did you see how much these orchids cost? <gasps> I wrote down the same thing. <laughs> it was a fast-forward wedding, and the orchids cost so much. But we're on Hawaii, right? Yes. Wasn't that where the, like where they don't actually like orchids are kind, kind of, of like, ubiquitous? And like, orchids are like they're dandelions. I mean, even here in San Francisco, orchids. You know, it's like a twenty-dollar a plant thing, but that plant has multiple flowers. It's not a break the bank kind of a deal. And then we learn later that like. His parents paid for it all anyway, and they were like money bags. Yeah. So why was that dad complaining? Probably because he's uh, he's probably just sad and unfulfilled, but mostly... Misogynistic. It's mostly because he was a poorly written character. So like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had um, the fast forward wedding. Like we yep. had, we had the... The dish lead, rag. The lead the lead into the wedding with the the dish rag, the bar rag washing the silver with the the strings hanging off the bar <laughs> rag, which was super gross just as a former server. Like I never would have used the bar rag to wash the silver. No. Um or polish it. And then they did like a little intro with the camcorder because we're apparently in nineteen eighty nine and then we fast-forwarded through the actual wedding ceremony. So, like, yeah. we didn't have to spend money on tuxedos for the men or anything like that. Or, or well, he was just or... in a shirt, anyway. He, I think he had a jacket. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think it was I just... was giving him the benefit of the doubt. It was early. I it was know. early. <laughs> I had, I had um, the, um, you should start enjoying your day. Because there was some sort of, like, shamefulness happening about the bride being... Stressed. She never relaxes. Yeah, she was super stressed. She never relaxes. And honey, I hope that you start enjoying your day because your wedding day is definitely something you should be shamed into, into enjoying. I Oh, and don't ruin your makeup. Don't touch her. Oh, yes. The mom was so awful. Overbearing. Yeah. Yeah, because misogyny. <laughs> yeah, no. This movie was made in 2010. Yeah. So it's like it, there were cell phones. There were, and there's no reason, I mean, I guess we're probably on the cusp of having, like, a handheld camcorder with the flip-out viewfinder, but, like, on the very tail end yeah. of that part of our lives yeah. as millennials. So, Trevor and Lindsay take a honeymoon cruise from Hawaii to Tahiti? Tahiti? Fiji? I think they're going to, ta- they talked about Tahiti a lot, so I yeah. think that they're going to Tahiti. Did they start in Hawaii, though? Like, that was never made clear. No. Where are they starting? Because, like, they had that ceremony, and then he makes some sort of comment about having sex, and it's very clear that they have not had sex from the time that they got married. 
Right. And there, it's clear that there's been a full, at least a full day that has passed. Yep. Between them getting married and them entering this cruise ship. The Aloha Suite. The Aloha Suite. Nice. At least there's no copyright on Aloha yet, I guess. There was a lack of just, like, you know, marital relations. There was no, there was no chemistry. There was more <laughs> chemistry between Mentos. And a potato. <laughs> I don't, I just, I don't know where that came from, but it just seemed right. I wrote it down just in case you forgot. <laughs> Mentos and a potato. It's true, their, their sex scene was cold. Awful. And, and a little effervescent. And a little, but like starchy. <laughs> We didn't see any skin. Nope. There were no nipples. Nope. I mean, it's lifetime, so of course not. But, like, we could have at least seen Summer Glau's bare back, which is gorgeous. Or her even her weirdo feet. Like, there maybe there's a foot fetish going on, but nope. Nothing. 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 Also, there was a big deal about people flying in from Colorado for this wedding. Did you notice that? Like, yeah. they constantly notated, like, oh my god, she, f- she came from so far away. She flew from Colorado for this wedding. They flew from Denver to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Because those are, I mean, Denver is still west of the Mississippi. <laughs> so, there, if you've ever been on a boat and you watch this movie, there's no way that they even tried to make it feel like it was on a boat it was all I think that floor to ceiling windows and like the (laughs) honeymoon suite was like bigger than my apartment right and they also they brought their own framed photo of themselves to put in their honeymoon suite which I guess is kind of but how do you have a framed photo from your wedding that happened yesterday yeah maybe their rich parents paid for it yeah and like none of the furniture was bolted to the ground which just like if you're on a boat it does, and yeah. it was I, I feel like the, maybe the set designers have never been on a cruise. <sighs> They've also never been in a healthy relationship. <laughs> well, that's not limited to the set designers. Let's be really <laughs> clear about that. That's just everyone involved in the entire writing process. And what's, what's surprising is someone wrote this, and this was the best version. This was, like, probably the third or fourth iteration that other people edited. More than just a few people green-lighted this and said, you know what, yes, this is the best version of this than we, that we could possibly imagine. Oh, man. So she, they're on their honeymoon, and she's, she's like, sunbathing. Lindsay's sunbathing. Oh, there was that point where she was, like, the only person in a bikini. Yeah. She walks into the thing, and everyone else is fully clothed, but she's in, like, a bikini and, like, a, an overshirt, like, nobody's business. Because, I mean, now we get to see the skin. Right. Thanks. The first and only real friend she makes just leans over and says, Nice. (laughs) While kind of wrinkling up her nose. But not in like a bad way. It's just like the way that she says, Nice. She's like just wrinkling her nose into it. Nice. And it turns out she's oogling her wedding ring. Yeah, but it kind of... Because he was also... um, Summer Glau's character was also, like, rubbing some sunscreen or the lotion yeah. into her skin at the same time, and it was also kind of in the same general direction, so I couldn't tell if she was nizing the skin or the ring that was happening at the same time. Or the fact that, like, she was putting on sunscreen, right? Like, oh! oh self, self-care is real! Good job, nize! I really don't like skin cancer. <laughs> nice. Melanoma can soak it up. <laughs> Then we meet Dollar Store Paul Rudd. I'm, you know what, I'm just really excited about cheap Paul Rudd. Like, 
he's a terrible <laughs> person, his character's awful, but, like, the fact that they found a cheap Paul Rudd, hey, you know what, good for you, good for you, Lifetime, well done, that's, like, the only thumbs up I have about this movie is, like, way to find cheap Paul Rudd. Uh, he says, can I buy you a drink? And she says, surprise me. And then I turn to Genevieve and I say, he's gonna get her a roofie drink, like a roofie colada. Yeah. And no joke, two minutes later, he is giving her a roofie colada. Well, you actually said two roofies. Yeah. And I was really, like, I was down with that. Like, yep, surprise me totally equals two roofies, not just the one you were planning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cheap Paul Rudd is Luca. Right. Right. And then there's also Max, who has the shaved head. Yep. And then Ben. And those compatriots, we thought initially were Italian. We did because of the, the bad necklaces and the, the bad no necklaces. top button. Mm-mm. I'm Italian, so I can say that. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm going to agree with you. Right. But, like, there was no top button involved in any of their shirts, and at, they had at least one necklace per person, but often many times more than one necklace, and that's how we could tell that they were not American. Yep. They were foreigners because necklaces. But we find out that they were, what, Hungar- Hungarian. Hungarian. Which was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. I and guess pleasant. <laughs> a pleasant surprise? Like, oh, okay, we're not going to demean the Italians for this particular movie. We're going to demean the Hungarians. They're the nasty ones. But to be clear, they were Hungarians with a bad Italian accent. Mm, mm-hmm. Later on in the movie, it becomes clear that everyone who works on the cruise ship is aware of the Hungarians, even <laughs> though there's like 3,000 people on the ship. They go. It's a big ship. A passenger's been attacked. We think it's the Hungarians. Hungarians. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I want to actually jump back. Because you jumped forward now, I want to jump back. When we meet that first and only female friend that Taylor makes. Taylor, right? Taylor. Uh, Taylor? Lindsay? Lindsay? Summer Glau's character. Lindsay. Yeah. I can't keep track of the 80s names they're using in 2010. So the other female friend that she meets, she she says she's on the cruise because she's, she's newly divorced. Mm-hmm. And she's here for a fresh start. Yep. And Summer Glau's character says, well, I hope you meet someone wonderful. Like, because clearly the only way to have a fresh start is to meet somebody new to replace your ex-husband. Right. And this new character is like, mm, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, because misogyny. <laughs> because patriarchy. The only way I can have a fresh start is if I have a new man. Anyway. So we'll, we'll meet her again later. It turns out that she is an FBI agent on vacation. Yeah. And you can tell she's on vacation because she doesn't have any professional clothing with her. Nope. nope. Or, a, or a shirt that fits. Nope. Nope. Or I think a bra. I think she doesn't have any bras with her. I mean, I'm, I fully support this. No pun intended. No. But it's all right. Yeah, there was no bra. Mm-hmm. There, the, for being a cruise ship, they also weirdly had, like, a submarine naval command. Where medical also existed. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, when they were examining her, it was the medical facility as well as where the captain and the FBI met. Yeah. It was there in the Naval Command Center that we learned from the captain that this cruise ship... <laughs> <laughs> Is not flying under the American flag because no. they're in international waters. It's flying under the Liberian <laughs> flag. <laughs> For no apparent reason whatsoever. Hold on. So we find out that one 
one of the Hungarians, uh, no surprise here, raped someone on board, and the captain says, you can't... I feel terrible laughing about that sentence. Like, somebody found out somebody was raped on board, and I'm sitting here giggling. That's Be- awful. Because she would have to take him to Liberia. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, I'll be a, a single woman in Liberia accusing somebody of rape, and it'll just be my word against theirs, and they'll say it's consensual, and then I'll be alone and outnumbered. I'm not that I'm not that strong. strong. <laughs> okay, I just cried. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay, I just want to go back. So, um, yes. we... We had the surprise me drink. Yeah. Which we all know is two roofies. Two roofies, not one. And then that's when we got to see Summer's feet with her weirdly elongated toes that was yeah, like she's... sitting. So she's she's sitting in the in the hallway, unable to remember anything and un- unable to find her husband. Nobody knows right, where her he's husband is. Missing, in. and they're super casual about it on the cruise. They're like, nobody alert the passengers. Right. No, and they and they first search like the engine room. Because right. that's my first inclination is to go to the engine room when and whenever anyone's missing. I don't think to like maybe look at the cameras and see if they fell overboard. They didn't look at the security footage until at least an hour into this hour and a half movie. Yeah, I think it was like the full second day that like a, a full day had passed before they even pulled up the security footage, and our FBI agent was still in the same dress. So it was very confusing. And also, they called off the search. They couldn't turn the boat <gasps> around. Right. They were ha- they were over halfway to Tahiti, so the captain made the decision to keep just like barrel on through. We're not turning back. You know, missing person be damned. Also, two hours in, it's a little tough. We're calling off the search. We can't find him. Sorry. <laughs> and then his parents, so Trevor, who died, his parents have a video conference with Lindsay and they're like we're really concerned we're leaving the day after tomorrow (laughs) you know I mean we're both parents yes I feel like if my child adult child or not yep had gone missing on a cruise or anywhere else yep I wouldn't be of the mind that would say you know okay well your dad and I We've got a couple things to take care of. Um, also, my manicure is scheduled for tomorrow, so we're going to leave the day after tomorrow and we'll meet you there. Like, nothing in my course says that. It's like, get there immediately, even if I can't help. Like, I want to yeah. be closer to where the problem is. Yeah. So I think the person who wrote this... Not a parent. Not a parent. Not a parent. Or a bad one. <sighs> no, I'm just going to go with not a parent. Yeah, yeah. The bellhop was... Surprisingly British. The, it's a porter. Oh, the porter. The porter. The person who deals with your, your room on a, on a cruise is a porter. He said, that'll be no problem. I wrote, atoll. 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 So one of the things that I had in my notes is sort of leading up to this disappearance, the newlywed husband yep. was Lindsay feeling like she wasn't being heard. Right. right? Like, he was ignoring her, and he was, like, oversleeping. Like, he had overly fun the night before, and okay, like, that's fine. Whatever. Like, you went out, and you had fun, you gambled, you drank, and you're sleeping in now. And she comes in, and she's like, it's 2 o'clock. It's time to get up. I'm, I'm lonely, essentially, is what she says. And 
he's like, okay, well, I'm having fun. Why aren't you? And she's like, well, I want to have fun with you. This yep. is our honeymoon. Yep. And she throws open the drapes, and he's all like, just five more minutes, Mom. And the moral at this point of the story after we find out that now he's, like, dead and, like, she's in shambles because she can't remember, she's been roofied, who knows what's happened, is, like, don't, ladies, don't demand anything of your partners. Don't demand that your voices be heard because bad things will happen. Like, how dare you assert yourself in your relation, your, your newly formed wedding, you know, wedded bliss, how dare you assert yourself because everything's gonna go wrong for you, essentially. Yeah. And you'll get raped. And it'll be your fault. And it'll be your fault. And you'll have to go to Liberia. Ugh. So, the FBI agent, I call her Undercover J. Crew. Um, yeah. That's very apt. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They have this one conversation between her and Lindsay where she's trying to bond with her and they're talking about Undercover J. Crew's husband leaving her. Oh, yeah. So we find out that undercover J. Crew's husband, so they're recently divorced. Right. And he specifically left her. Yep. Uh, and left her via email. Yeah. Yeah, like super gross. And, um, and she was like, uh, my husband left me and he left me an email. Like, what even... Yeah, that was the point that I turned to you and I was like, wait, is she saying that her husband leaving her is the same thing? Because she's trying to comfort yep. Lindsay, right? So she's she's sort of trying to make this analogy of like, well, my husband left me and he left me via email. So and I was like, like is it, wait, is she trying to say that her husband leaving her is the same thing as Lindsay's husband dying? Yeah, she And was. she totally was. Yeah, she totally was. She also... I think just before that, they were talking about, is it possible that, that he was with somebody else? Like, she, they're asking Lindsay this, right? Is it possible that, that he was with somebody else? And she yeah. specifically says, like, another woman? And I was like, oh, hello, bu like, binary straight story right now. I mean, he was getting chummy with the Hungarians. I, that's what I was like, well, maybe maybe they had, like, a little more than, like, brotastic friendships going on. Like, that's cool, whatever. Which I'm is totally fine. Yeah. If but your just, relationship has that in its perimeters. Yeah, but they just went to, like, straight, like, straight story. There's no room for anything else. No, it was so bad. Yeah. This movie yeah. was awful. Don't watch it. They also called her a whore. Remember that? They did so much. They did so much shaming. They were like, you kissed someone. So you're a whore. So you're a whore. And then... Oh, you got drugged? By someone else? You're, you're clearly a, a whore. You're clearly a whore and it's your fault. Yep. Why yep. did you drink the roofie? Right. Two, though, because surprise me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, I have here in my notes that um, at this point, just after the false equivalency of the husband leaving her and my husband is dead right thing that happened, we got to see FBI J. Crew in a new dress, which That's is the right. first time that we saw her in any new clothing. I... We commented throughout the entire first 50 minutes, that's a five and a zero, Yep, that she, she did not change. <laughs> Everyone else changed clothes, but she was just in this same halter top. 
And it was brown. It was white and brown with some prints on it. Hey, like, girl, you do you with your J. Crew, but um, it was not my favorite. And no. But we got to see her in a new one, and it was still a halter. Yeah. And it still fit poorly, and I was very sad for her and her costumer. Yeah, she didn't get a good outfit until the, very the end. end. Yeah, the very end. When and she even was in a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in like a shirt with, with that was like looked like it was supportive of of her features. So that was nice. Man, do we even want to get into? <laughs> it must be that time of the month. How we heard at least three times, right? That that was the excuse for her asserting her needs. Yep. Or saying Lin- she didn't want to be anywhere. It's anymore. Lindsay, right? I keep Lindsay. Me- yeah. I keep like I keep messing up Lindsay and Taylor. I don't know. The eighties. Man. Lindsay asserts her needs or like is like, hey, I'm not I don't want to be here anymore. I'm tired of this or I'm not cool with this. Right. In Can some, we leave the club? In some fashion she's trying to stand up for herself and it's rebuked with Oh, it's that time of the month. After, like, she's dismissed completely and, like, storms off. And they cut back to this twice. So, like, they really wanted to drive that point home. They really did. They really did. Man. Oh, uh, I have in my notes here. Casual rape? So much casual rape is in my notes. (laughs) Yes, 100%. It's while um, FBI, J.Crew, and uh, Lindsay are talking, actually. So while they're having that conversation where dead husband does not equal husband who left, right? she's like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to get your old job back? Yeah. Which indicates that there is this assumption that because she got married, she no longer has to work. Which, she quit her job to get married. Right. But they're opening a boutique. They're opening a store together, which sort of is peppered throughout, which we never find out about until the very end. Where they're going to sell belts. Accessories. And accessories. Yeah. One of the end statements that... Lindsay makes during that conversation is, well, maybe you didn't love your husband enough to keep him. Yeah. And that was, that was some serious misogynistic writing right there into this Lifetime for Women movie. It was so bad. Yeah. Because clearly we should love our husbands enough to make them stay, even if things are terrible. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Clearly. (laughs) So the movie wraps up with, we find out that she definitely did kill her husband. Yeah. And she threw him overboard because he cheated on her with her maid of honor. On their wedding day. On their wedding day. After doing some nose drugs. Yes. Yeah, they like, there's a, a video footage of him and her doing some nose drugs and then some like... Um, well, actually, no, they didn't even cheat. He almost cheated. Yep. He almost cheated, and the maid of honor, like, had second thoughts at the last minute. It was like, oh my god, we can't do this. And then we cut to him looking at his wedding ring and being like, oh, why, why did I even do this? So yeah, she totally killed him. It was a terrible. It was so terrible. We do something in the end of the podcast, which is very sort of Jerry Springer. <laughs> I I ask for your final thoughts. Yeah. So as we look at Deadly Honeymoon, Genevieve. Yeah. What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, like, I felt like it was a cautionary tale, but in the Mm -hmm. worst way possible. Yep. It felt like a cautionary tale that told us, don't kill your abusive husband who really wants to cheat on you. Yep. Even though he maybe didn't cheat on you, but he really wants to and he really regrets marrying you. Like, don't kill him. Because 
the movie ends and we didn't really get any sort of like final tie-in of like all the loose ends. It just sort of ends and that's kind of it. Like she kind of got away with it, but the FBI lady knows that she killed him. And nobody's saying like, you know what, it's okay, girl, because he was abusive as, as, you know, as fuck. So like maybe that was okay for you to kill him. Um, so yeah, moral of the story, don't kill your abusive husband who cheats on you because that would be awful. Thanks, Lifetime. And my my final take is when you say surprise me <laughs> when you order a drink, you're going to get two roofies two. instead of one. Yep. Surprise. Uh, wonderful. So this has been another riveting episode <laughs> of the podcast she met online. Uh, as always, I'm Laura Franzisi. And I'm Genevieve Villegas. Thanks for tuning in.